Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, great to see you all. I guess I can't see you, but you can see me. And uh, welcome everybody on YouTube and on the app and on the website and on Roku and Apple TV and wherever else that we are. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, is the Antichrist a Syrian? So we're going to be going there in just a few minutes. A couple of things I want to just update you on. If you are in Southern California on a Wednesday evening, February 22nd, so it's just three weeks from this Wednesday, Josh Aaron is going to be at 412 Church. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Israel, and then Josh is going to be leading us in worship. It's going to be absolutely terrific. I hope that you can join us in person. It will be free. It will be full. It'll be packed, but uh, I can't wait for that. So um, listen, if you can make it out, uh, for Josh Aaron, uh, it's going to be uh, totally, uh, totally cool. So I hope that you can join us all for Josh Aaron. And then um, if you're in the area, and then also a couple of other things just uh, give you an update on is tomorrow, Seth Gruber is going to be live 2 p.m. Uh, with the live stream. And um, I'm going to be 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to be at 1.30 with Alex Newman on Alex Newman's program live and then switch right over to here. That program's a half hour, then I'll be right here on this one, excuse me. And um, so exciting things are happening. And right now I want to, I'm going to have you, there's a short video, it's about two minutes long, uh, Prophecy Conference with Prophecy Watchers in Orlando, Florida. I'm going to be speaking there. I hope that you can join us. The link info is in the description if you're interested in, in attending, if it's not sold out yet. I don't think it's quite sold out. But I hope if you're in Florida that you can join us. Hey, again, a reminder, Josh Aaron, uh, he'll be at 412 Church three weeks from this Wednesday, February 22nd. If you're in the area of Southern California, hope that you can join us. Lots of exciting things. Seth Gruber tomorrow. I'll be on Alex Newman tomorrow also. And uh, listen, we are moving forward and uh, things, are, things are really shaken up. So we'll be looking at the Assyrian Antichrist. Is Antichrist Assyrian? Is he Muslim? Uh, so we'll go there in just a minute. But let's get a, a few updates first. And uh, a look at this first article. Russia is now locked in a war against the West. Chilling warning from Europe's defense chief as more nations line up to send more tanks and arms to Ukraine. So we are watching this escalate. It's getting bad. I, I even read that now... Uh, they're starting to say, hey, we need more than tanks. Now we want boats. We want submarines. You're going, man, this stuff is just unbelievable. It's definitely a war and rumor of war. And there's many people, including myself, that say, no, this is World War III. So many things I would like to share with you. Uh, John from New York had uh, just written me some great emails about what is really going on. I don't know if I have enough time. I'm going to get into those a little bit later. Uh, and folks, things are escalating. And then you throw in an article like this. Uh, you guys probably saw this. World Health Organization updates list of medicines to stockpile for nuclear emergencies. You're looking at this and going, you know, what in the world is going on as they keep, uh, the, the fear mongering is there, but there's definitely this escalation in what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. And why is it happening? Um, I, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this. Also, Russia, as of a few days ago, I'm thinking Wednesday, Thursday of just a few days ago, was in negotiations with Taliban, get this, 
to get the weapons that the Biden administration had left behind in Afghanistan. Remember that? The ridiculous, uh, unbelievable wickedness is what it is. And you got to wonder why that was done, because certainly there's generals that knew this was a really bad idea. Uh, Biden, I don't know if he knows anything that's going on, but other people in the administration do. So knowing that the weapons are going to fall into nefarious hands, why would they do it? And now what are we doing? We're push Putin, push him, push him, push him. And we have these weapons that are available to him that we gave him that, by the way, are still in the box. They're brand new. They're not broken weapons. Some of those weapons are better uh, than, in fact, many of those weapons are better than what the uh, people over in Ukraine have. And you're looking going, this is really, really interesting. I mean, the threat of of radiation now uh, that's going on. We have the Abrams tanks. We're watching all of this. And personally, my opinion is this is intentional. It's, uh, it's like you, you, they've been pushing Putin. The globalists the, the, and the, uh, the, the people out of Washington uh, teaming up together, pushing Putin, making sure he's got weapons over there in Afghanistan. The whole thing is awfully suspicious. I mean, don't you think? I mean, I'd be curious to know what you guys think. Of course, I'll, I'll see the comments and the questions here in a few more minutes. But, I mean, you're looking at this going, man, I remember when Chuck Missler uh, coined the term, at least I think it was he that coined the term, way back. I think it was in the 1990s or 80s, the military-industrial complex. Maybe somebody else did centuries ago. I don't know. But I look at it, and it seems like the military-industrial complex is running this whole thing. There's an agenda because they literally just are giving, they left the, you got to wonder, did they leave the weapons there with the intention that Putin would have them so we'd be in some great big war? Perhaps it is to distract from problems at home, because there's obvious problems at home. Um, some things I can't mention, but the Biden administration has some, at least I can't mention here, I will in a few more minutes when we, when we have to switch over to the uh, app and website only, but I'm looking going, folks, it's like, it is really um, something else. And then they're saying, oh, we might have some kind of nuclear exchange, so you better stockpile medicine coming from the World Health Organization, who we know is very reputable. Okay, look at this next article. This is what it's come to, this Prophecy News Watch. Uh, this is what it's come to. Christian faces prison for sharing ex-gay testimony. Uh, this is in Malta, so it's tiny nation, overlooked. Um, but you look at this and you go, okay, so is this the direction things are going? Sharing how you came to faith in Jesus Christ and now you have freedom from homosexuality? You're, you're looking at jail for that? So we have what is happening in America, soft persecution, and apparently places like this in Malta, they're really stepping it up. Um, we, we obviously know about Iran and China and places like that, uh, but the persecution is increasing and uh, you know, we already have where you can't tell, that, you know, the uh, gay conversion therapy is now illegal in places. And uh, so, I, I mean, here in America, if, you're, uh, if you bake a cake, you don't want to make one for a gay couple, uh, you're in trouble. So th there is the soft persecution that's definitely happening, but it is escalating more and more. I believe there's a reason why, and we're going to get into Israel in a minute. Um, Satan knows that he has to eliminate the support that the nation of Israel and the Jews have, and it primarily comes, when it comes to the religious world, the evangelical Christian, the one who actually believes the Bible is true, Old Testament and New Testament, and believes that God made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it's a forever covenant. 
And so he has to remove, there, there's a spiritual protection from people like you and me. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we support Israel, and we, and, and, uh, and we go on down that path, and there's this form of spiritual protection. So Satan knows he needs to eliminate the Christian problem. Ultimately, that's going to be eliminated at the rapture, but we're going to see this continue to increase. Okay, now check this out. Next article, the New World Order Battle for North America. Uh, this is an article uh, by Bill Hahn where he was in a, another publication. I can't remember which one it was. And he's talking about the, the was it Mexico, United States, and Canada, but puts it all into the right perspective. Actually, Damon Duck does. I'm going to read a little bit of Damon here in a second. But before we go there, I want you to look at this map. So check this out. This is a map that you're looking at. I believe this was done by the Club of Rome many years ago. Uh, some of you guys watching, you probably know exactly where this is from. I've had this in my stockpile for about two decades, and I pull it up every now and then, and now is one of those times, because I want to talk about these 10 nations before we get to the Assyrian or, or the, the, the um, description of Antichrist possibly being a Muslim. But if you look at that, number one, you see it bright green, right? Uh, in this particular map, you don't have Mexico. You have Mexico included with South America. But the talk is, you know, we're, we're dividing the world into 10 regions. And in this case, uh, Mexico would also be included in the green. Okay, uh, let me talk about some of the things that we can talk about. Notice that's 10, 10 regions. I believe that uh, the world is going to be divided up into 10 regions. Again, I believe that's the Club of Rome who put that map out. And we are rapidly headed toward that, where we have the 10 regions of the beast empire, the beast system, and then they'll give their power and authority to Antichrist. Now, I got to just, you know, I really want to thank Damon Duck. I just love how he breaks things down. You know, I quote him a lot. I thanked him uh, before. Uh, what a great brother. Some people ask if I could have him on here sometime. That would be cool. Uh, but he writes this on January 17 of 2023. So think about what, a week and a half ago? It was reported that uh, one of the speakers, a historian at the World Economic Forum meeting in Davos, said globalization is here to stay. World government is here to stay. And the notion of deglobalization is a mirage. In other words, it's not going to happen. We're not going to deglobalize. We are pressing towards this globalization. Another speaker uh, the a CEO of a German tech company said the world is merely entering into the next phase of globalization. Duck writes, it's my understanding that the globalists are advancing globalism in phases or stages with a timeline that calls for the fundamental transformation of the world into a world government by 2030 or sooner. We already know that with Agenda 2030, so hang with me because this gets more interesting. As far as globalization being here to stay is concerned, according to the Bible, God will allow the globalists to have their godless world government for seven years, uh, <clears throat> and then he will destroy it at the second coming of Christ. The head of their world government, Antichrist, and his godless assistant, the false prophet, will be seized and cast alive into the lake of fire, Revelation chapter 19. Listen, the empire that's coming, this system of the beast with Antichrist at the top and the Ten Kings, it's going to be like the shortest lived world empire ever in the history of the world. A globalization, writes Duck, is temporary. It's not here to stay, and deglobalization 
is not a mirage. Listen, to the contrary, globalization is a sign that the rapture and second coming are close, and the Antichrist will rise over a world government after the rapture, and deglobalization will occur seven years later when Jesus comes back. That is cool. And globalization, he writes, and rightly so, is a tool of Satan. Okay, a little bit more. Uh, concerning world government, this week Elon Musk, or this week was actually like two weeks ago, uh, has criticized the World Economic Forum's agenda in the past, the, the World Economic Forum's ESGs, right? Environmental, Social, and Governance Agenda. Um, on January 17th, he said the S in ESG stands for satanic. Like, I, I look at that and I go, uh, doesn't it? On January 18, Musk said the WEF is increasingly becoming an unelected world government that the people never asked for and do not want. Okay, a few more things. Concerning the economy, this is something to think about. On January 18, BlackRock, uh, uh, Larry Fink from BlackRock, uh, released its 2023 global outlook, and it says central banks are deliberately causing recessions to try to bring inflation under control, and investors should expect a downturn unlike any other. Uh, this bears repeating. The world's largest asset manager is predicting that the effort to bring inflation under control is going to cause a recession unlike any other. Uh, Duck does it here. I would do the same thing. Revelation chapter 6. We have the rider on the black horse. Listen, right now, the Lord is, is the one who's keeping everything together. These, these, these globalists think they're in control of all things. No, they can't do anything that the Lord doesn't allow them to do. But the day is coming where the economic catastrophe will be so great, it will be fulfilled according to the black horse of Revelation chapter 6 when it'll be a day's wage for a loaf of bread and the elite at the top won't be affected by uh, that great downturn. But it's also leading to, this will lead to, and it could happen in 2023. I don't think the Revelation 6 event will happen yet, uh, not until after the rapture, but the, the a collapse or the threat of it, uh, a crisis I was watching, the economic ninja the other day, and I, and, and I wish I would have pulled up the clip here because he's, he's, he's not coming from a biblical perspective. But he says, uh, hey, how are they going to bring in their CBDCs through a crisis? I find this interesting. Um, it's the secular people that are reporting on these things are saying the same thing. We've been saying it. We look at the Bible and say, hey, we can say which direction this is going because this book right here, it tells us. It tells us the end from the beginning. God says that so we can know. And so when you look at it and then you see someone like the Economic Ninja say, hey, the CBDCs, they're going to be here. It's not going to be the decentralized Bitcoin. It's not going to be that. It's going to be this, what governments are trying to do. It is coming. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the Wall Street Journal on January 16 noted China, India, Nigeria, and the Bahamas are already using a digital currency Sweden and Japan are getting ready to use a digital currency, and 114 nations are exploring the use of digital currencies. Obviously, the United States is part of that. So we're looking at this, what kind of crises is going to happen, or uh, plural, crises will happen that will conform the world, because everything is being pressed toward this 2030 
agenda. Interesting. Uh, continuing, Duck says, I'm almost done with this part because I want to move on. Uh, concerning the Ten Kings, I believe the Bible teaches that the world will be divided into ten regions at the end of the age, and there will be a leader over each region that the Bible calls these ten leaders the ten kings, and they are a prelude to the rise of Antichrist. I totally, uh, totally believe it. He writes, the UN's three-stage plan has long been one, to create trading blocks or regions of nations. By the way, like the Trans-Pacific Partnership, right, TPP, um, the, what's that really about? Well, you can do just about anything when you create a trade agreement, because then the trade agreement takes precedence over your own decisions that you make as a country. So when you have the Trans-Pacific Partnership, no, to, to bring about these countries all together, you all have to submit to the TPP, these trade agreements. Trade agreements are one of the ways that, that this is all going to come about. Hence, you have this whole North American treaty or whatever it's called uh, with Mexico, the U.S., and Canada, right? Uh, all of them working together in bringing about these 10 regions. Um, two, he writes, to transform them into political blocks of nations with a leader over each one. Three, eventually merge them into a world government. I, I believe Damon Duck is spot on, absolutely spot on. We are watching the formation of this whole system of the beast. In fact, I'm excited when I go to um, the uh, Prophecy Watchers Conference in Orlando, I get to talk about the birth of the system of the beast and uh, in, in everything that is happening that's just transpiring, just absolutely um, remarkable to watch. The transformation of the, of the world from sovereign nations to a world government officially went into effect on January 1, 2016, when the Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development Goals went into effect. It was January 1 of 2016. UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon hailed it as the start of a new era and said there is now a new universal agenda. Uh, world leaders decided they would take 14 years, 2016 to 2030, to transform every nation on earth, and hopefully the masses won't rise up and oppose them, uh, that we are now a little more than halfway through the transformation period, and we can expect the transformation to pick up pace and severity. Wow. I have a lot more to say about that, but I, I mean, and we will. We'll get into it in a few more minutes. I can't do it right here, though. Uh, for obvious reasons. Okay, check this out. Man, check this out. I can't, I, listen, just read the title. Just read it. I'm not going to comment on this. I will when we go over to the app only in a few more minutes. Um, but there you go. Okay. Um, here's another one. I can't really comment on this one here either. But you guys can see it, right? We're going to talk about this in the second half here also. So there you go. You can check it out. Listen, these are things that we need to know. I got a lot of things to share you, share with you all, and I am going to be sharing with you. Um, and uh, so, and just so you guys know, let me move off of that for a minute. I am moving forward. We're moving forward. It's like, man, I, I'm not, I'm not going to slow down. We have a lot more that we're going to be posting um, here on YouTube. I'm excited about that. We need to get the word out. 
YouTube has the broadest reach of like anything on the planet, and people need to hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. However, all of our content, all of it, uh, is going to be on the app, and uh, is on the app. Some things you're not seeing anymore, but it is on the app, is on the website, either of those. So you can get it all there. And, uh, and it's all free, too. We want, we want people to have it all. So I'm going to do everything that we can. We're going to move forward. We're going to post things. I'm still going to do everything I possibly can. I'm looking forward to it. I want YouTube to get out there. I appreciate anybody who likes and subscribes to YouTube. It's the thumbs up. Our huge help just getting the algorithms to push things out and subscribe. But everything will be, uh, will, will be and already is on the app and on um, uh, and on the website. So, you know, I'm looking at this. This is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to press forward. We're going to do everything that we can. We can see the finish line. I don't believe it's long. So, as my friend James Cadiz says, man, we better work harder now than we've ever worked before. I totally agree with him. So, anyways, uh, that's what we're doing. We're doing all of that. A lot more things to tell you, but let's move on with this. You ready? Okay, Jerusalem Post. Seven killed, three injured in Jerusalem synagogue massacre. You guys heard that. It's absolutely awful. Uh, I have my friend Yossi. That was his synagogue that he was a part of uh, when he lived in Israel before he came to faith in Christ. He was a Haredi, and uh, that was his synagogue. And he's just been heartbroken over, over, uh, over this, as you can imagine. But you look at this and go, man, the terror rising. Look at this, Times of Israel police raise terror alert to highest level. 42 arrested over deadly Jerusalem attack. And then I heard that there was some kind of altercation at the city of David yesterday too. So uh, these things are, we're, we're paying attention to all of these things. And then uh, Netanyahu said this, I vows strong, rapid, precise response to Jerusalem terror attacks. And then we have this. Uh, perhaps you guys saw this. This is just from this morning, U.S. officials Israel behind bombing of Iranian drone factory, reporting uh, reports citing U.S. officials and other uh, sources claim Israel bombed Iranian military factory using bomb-laden unmanned helicopters. So we're looking at things escalate in Israel. I'm going to be talking a lot more about uh, Israel coming up. Um, listen, folks, we're not slowing down. We're moving forward. Uh, we are pressing forward. And again, if you're watching this on YouTube, like and subscribe to this if you haven't subscribed already and also share it and if you're watching on the app you have the share there already share it with your friends uh and uh and then let's go here for a, a minute also just a couple of more minutes uh, i showed you this picture many times before here it is the green the green uh, again uh, the green is the arab world that tiny speck is israel you look you go why is the world so upset about that tiny little speck? Because it is a spiritual problem. It is a spiritual problem. Um, Jerusalem is a stumbling stone. Zechariah chapter 12 tells us that that is what is going to happen in the latter days, in the last days, and it is a stumbling stone. Right now, people are demanding, uh, the, I mean, the, the UN, Iran, saying it, the Jews need to give up the land, and they talk about occupied land. Uh, listen, Israel is in the land that God gave them. They're not occupying land. It's the land that God gave them. And God gave them a lot more land than you can even see on that map. But you look at this and go, okay, baby, it is a spiritual fight. Okay, let's get going with this. I want to talk about this uh, before we got to switch over and get to some of the other things I really got to get to tonight also um, that 
that uh, you guys know the drill by now. So is Antichrist a Syrian, or is he Muslim? That's what I should have said, not a Syrian. Is he Muslim? Um, is Antichrist Muslim? Uh, this is what happens. In Micah chapter 5, the Bible says, when, uh, when the Assyrian comes, Micah chapter 5, verse 5, into our land, and when he treads in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princely men. They shall waste with the sword the land of Assyria and the land of Nimrod and its entrances. Thus he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and when he treads within our borders. And then it continues. So we have this, and there's many people that have taken this from Micah chapter 5, verse 5 and 6 and say, hey, look, Antichrist is a Muslim because here we have this reference to the Assyrian. So let's read the rest of this. Micah chapter 5 is short. Then I'm going to put it together for you, all right? Verse 7, Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples, like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass, that tarry for no man, nor wait for the sons of men. And the remnant of Jacob shall be among the Gentiles, in the midst of many peoples, like a lion among the beasts of the forest like a young lion among flocks of sheep, who, if he passes through, both treads down and tears in pieces, and none can deliver. Your hand shall be lifted against your adversaries, and all your enemies shall be cut off. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord, that I will cut off your horses from your midst and destroy your chariots. I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down your strongholds. I will cut off sorceries from your hand, and you shall have no soothsayers. Your carved images I will also cut off. <clears throat> your sacred pillars from the midst. You shall no more worship the work of your hands. I will pluck your wooden images from your midst. Thus I will destroy your cities. I will execute vengeance and anger and fury on the nations that have not heard. So what is that all about? What the context is about is the final judgment that, uh, uh, that God is bringing on uh, you can think of it like Zechariah chapter 12, when God destroys those who come against the nation of Israel. Jesus comes back in, Revela in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. Uh, also, as you read this, and God says all the different things he's going to judge them for and, and destroy, destroy their carved images, destroy their businesses, it really fits when you start thinking about it, the context of Revelation 18 and the final destruction of Babylon and it's setting up, what this is, is the setup, I believe, of the millennial kingdom. So the, that's the context of it. So there's a lot of people that say, hey, this is about uh, the Assyrian, however, is a reference meaning that Antichrist is Muslim. I don't believe that's what's going on here, but I want to read a few things to you, all right? Because um, <clears throat> there are people who use this text and others. Joel Richardson is one, Waleed Shubat, and others. It's becoming a lot more popular to say he's called the Assyrian. But we always got to remember the context of whatever it is we're talking about. Um, other people will say, well, Antichrist is a Jew because of various reasons. When you look at Daniel chapter 11, it, it talks about Antichrist as he rises up, and he's not going to worship the God of his, uh, of his fathers, the ones that... Uh, his religious background, whatever God that was that they worshiped, he's not going to do that. He'll have no other gods but the God of fortresses. So he's going to be his own God, really, and looking at military might. 
to help him. Okay, so with that, is Antichrist going to be a Jew? There's those who say Antichrist will be a Jew because um, the Jews will never accept, won't accept him as their Messiah if uh, he's not Jewish. Well, I don't believe, this is my opinion, uh, I know David Reagan feels this way also, but I don't believe the Jews ever accept him as their Messiah. They look at him as a political figure who comes in and he solves their problem. Uh, Isaiah chapter 28, uh, they enter into this agreement with the devil, with the grave, to avoid the scourge that's coming to them, and it's an agreement of lies at a time when Jerusalem has scornful men that are leading it, uh, they know it's an agreement of lies, but they enter into it. They look at him as a political figure who's going to solve their problems. Isn't that what Israel's really in this bind right now? They need, I mean, you, we're looking at the terrorist attacks increase, so we can see this developing right now. doesn't mean we're entering into that agreement yet, but we can see that it, when I'm over in Israel, I have a lot of Israeli friends now, and when I'm over there, one of the things that they want, they long for is peace. So now when we have these terrorist attacks, you can say, Man, how much more they're, they're, you must be longing for peace to have these things hanging over your head. David Tal often says we have beautiful, uh, we, we have a, um, a beautiful um, country, but we're in a very bad neighborhood. And uh, we're, we're the immediate surrounders. You have Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran. Uh, so you have these terror groups that are against them and, and, uh, and so forth. So but when you look at it, the Bible doesn't teach that the Jews are going to worship Antichrist as being Messiah. In fact, when he goes into the temple and demands to be worshipped as God, it's like the blinders all come off. He wreaks havoc on the Jews. A third of the Jews escape. We know that from Zechariah. So I don't believe that Antichrist is going to be Jew. Every type of Antichrist that is in um, the Bible is a Gentile. Every single one of them is a Gentile. You can ask anybody who's studied Bible prophecy for very long, they'll tell you that, that same thing. They're always a Gentile. Um, uh, so the other popular opinion is that Antichrist is Muslim because of this text and a couple of others where it talks about the Assyrian. When the Assyrian comes into your land, uh, thus he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when, when, when the Lord returns. So what is, what is going on here? Does this prove... Or is this one of the texts that validates that the Antichrist will be a Muslim? I believe it's a title, uh, uh, not the name given to Antichrist, just as Jesus had many different titles. He's advocate, um, the Almighty, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, bread of life, chief cornerstone, Emmanuel, mighty God, uh, and on down the list. And so Antichrist has these uh, different titles too. In fact, when you look at Daniel, he's the the... He's a blasphemer. I mean, he's. Um, I mean, you can you can find all these different labels you could give to Antichrist, and I personally think Assyrian falls into that category. Uh, in Daniel chapter nine, I know a lot of you want to send me your emails because I already see a lot of your. <laughs> I've already seen your emails uh, with with uh, some of the arguments about us, uh, Muslim Antichrist and Joel Richardson's work and some others, but. In Daniel chapter 9, I believe Daniel chapter 9 is, is really quite clear. Um, where Daniel chapter 9, the Bible says this. After 62 weeks, the Messiah, that would be Jesus, would be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Right? 
the people of the prince who is to come. Uh, then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So Daniel's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Um, Joel Richardson and others will say, we, we would all agree on that. That's what he's talking about there. So I say, this is talking about the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire has destroyed uh, the, the sanctuary. We're talking about the second temple, 70 AD. That happened by the Roman Empire. I believe we're given the ethnicity, the understanding of the nationality in that sense of Antichrist out of the, re the Roman Empire. Um, those who say Antichrist is Muslim say, well, wait a minute. What happened was the Roman Empire would have been made up of legions of, of different uh, people groups from that area. Hence, there, they would have been the ones that were destroying the city and the sanctuary and not the Roman Empire itself. So therefore, the Assyrian fits and from that area of the Mideast would have been people that were part of the Roman Legion and therefore uh, Antichrist is Muslim. All right. So let's work through um, a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of this. In fact, it's Wally Shubat and Joel Richardson that say the Roman legions that carried out the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple in 70 AD were composed primarily of Arabs and mainly uh, Syrians and Turks. They therefore conclude that Antichrist will rise from the Syrians or Turks and will be a Muslim. David Reagan writes, this is really grasping for uh, as straws in the wind. It doesn't matter whether or not the legions were composed of Australian Aborigines. It was the Roman government that decided to destroy Jerusalem. It was the Roman government that gave the orders, and it was the Roman generals who carried out the destruction. Rome was the rod of God's judgment, and it is from the Roman uh, people that Antichrist will arise. Regarding Micah chapter 5, verses 5 and 6 that we just read, Reagan says, uh, there's no validity to the use of Micah chapter 5 to determine the national identity of Antichrist. It's entirely about Jesus coming back in the millennium. Uh, the Antichrist will be dead and gone during that time. He's going to be, he's going to be removed. Uh, I believe that all the prophet is saying, writes Reagan, is that during the millennium, the Lord will protect Israel and all its enemies as symbolized by Assyria and so forth. Uh, basically what's happening there, you can see God is judging uh, the enemies of Israel in Micah chapter five. You can read it and figure it out. Bill Salas gives a, a much, a really extensive um, look at, it takes a really extensive look at, is the uh, Antichrist a Muslim in his work titled, and his was from way back in 2009, almost 15 years ago, does Daniel debunk the Assyrian Antichrist? Relatively uh, recently, um, this term has come about through uh, Joel Richardson and some others, but he writes, the term is utilized, the, the say, let me back it up a little bit. They advocate that this beastly individual, the Antichrist, has Assyrian origins, oddly the book of Daniel, which seemingly issues the most pivotal prophecy regarding the origin of this personage does not once mention the Hebrew word Asher or Ashershur, which is translated Assyria or Assyrian. This term is utilized within the Old Testament approximately 135 times. However, Daniel, considered by many to be 
a prophetic authority on the subject of the Antichrist, apparently didn't feel the Assyrian shoe fit the foot of this coming crazed world leader. He writes, this is striking in that among all the prophetic books within the Bible, perhaps accepting the book of Revelation, uh, the book of Daniel alludes to this individual as much, if not more than all the others. Daniel calls this individual by several names like the beast, represent hostile disposition, the horn, uh, alluding to his authority. However, he never labels him as the Assyrian. Similarly, Daniel issues numerous telling descriptions of him like, he speaks pompous words, declares himself above all that is called God, but the one who hails from Assyria is never referenced among Daniel's defining terms. Uh, to date, the best argument I've heard advanced by, these, by those who propose the Assyrian Antichrist or Muslim Antichrist advocates to refute, uh, the, the advocates refute Daniel's claims is that it wasn't actually the Romans who destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. Rather, they argue that the Roman legions responsible for the destruction consisted largely of Assyrian soldiers. This argument shows its weakness for several different reasons. Uh, then he goes on from there. It already covered that with, um, with uh, uh, David Reagan. But then uh, Bill Salas says, the historic argument is based upon the understanding that the capital city of the Roman Empire at the type, time of the destruction of Jerusalem and the second Jewish temple was in Rome, uh, which then and today is located in the western leg of the former empire. So what he's talking about there is when you look at the, the, the uh, dream that Nebuchadnezzar had, and Daniel gives uh, Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of the dream. He tells him the dream, and then the interpretation. He sees two legs when it comes to the Roman Empire, and then you see the feet that are made up of iron and clay. Right, so we got that. So with the two legs, what the, those who are advocating for uh, the, the Muslim Antichrist, they'll say, look, the Roman Empire is made up of two legs. The Western leg headquartered in, Ram, in Rome, the eastern leg headquartered in Constantinople, which is modern-day Istanbul. The problem with that is that it, the eastern leg didn't really have any strength until much later in the time of the Roman Empire as, as Rome was actually uh, crumbling from within. But they'll say there's the two legs, therefore it's the eastern leg, and you have this makeup of, uh, of people that were formerly part of the Assyrian a ge uh, geographical location that would have been part of the Roman legion um, at the time of the destruction of the temple, therefore. But I agree with Bill Salas and David Reagan. No, it's the Roman Empire. It's, I, I think Daniel chapter 9 gives us the most clarity on it. You have all these other descriptions of Antichrist, including Assyrian, but it's really character. The Assyrians were the originators of terror. Uh, they were the most wicked. We talked about that before on Sunday nights going through the Minor Prophets, about how wicked the Assyrians were, and indeed they were. Uh, but people who advocate for uh, the, the um, Islamic Antichrist, they'll say, no, Islam is the most wicked, Well, or this empire that is against the God of heaven more than any other. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, in fact, it really isn't, because really the the the... It is humanism at its core that is against God. When you look at Yuval Noah Harari, and you look at, uh, what's his name, Klaus Schwab, 
the Bill Gates and these people, the, the George Soroses, the Henry Kissingers. No, this is humanism at its core that is rising up against God. And uh, Joel Rosenberg and, and many others will say, look, when it comes to the time of the rise of Antichrist in this beast system, uh, there's going to be some devastating wars that will actually devastate Islam. By the way, think of it like this too. When it comes to rise of Antichrist, we know from Daniel, Jordan doesn't submit to Antichrist. We know that from Daniel chapter 11. We know from uh, um, Isaiah chapter 19 that Egypt doesn't submit to Antichrist. Antichrist goes in and he wreaks havoc and attempts to wreak havoc in territories that are Muslim. Also, we know from Ezekiel chapter 38, we have Islamic territories that line up with Russia to go against Israel. And they're going to be eliminated. So you have a decimated Islamic area. If you, go, if you think back to that map I had up earlier, in fact, uh, let me pull it up here for you guys, all right? Uh, here you go. So you look at this map right here. Nope, wrong map. Got the wrong one. If you look at this map right here, uh, what do you see? You, you, you see all this Islamic territories, but it's going to be, so much of it is going to be devastated uh, from the Ezekiel 38 war. And if you believe in uh, Psalm 83, as Bill Salas does, uh, that would take care of it too. So I, I don't buy that Antichrist is going to be Muslim. I, I believe it's going to be just like Daniel chapter 9 uh, teaches us. Okay, um, I've got to switch over right now because i got some more things i got to share with you. And if you want, listen, everything we have, all of our content is on the app and on the website. There's some things that it can only share there. So if you're with us on YouTube, let's switch on over. And again, I really do need people like and share and subscribe to YouTube. It helps to get everything out there. And we want to get everything out there as far as we can. But uh, listen, if you're on YouTube, uh, the rest of us, uh, we're, the rest of this is going to be um, uh, going to be over on uh, the app and also on uh, the website. If you don't have the app, you can just uh, you can just go to the website. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.